from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's week of Friday, June 8th, 2012, and this is the Relevant Podcast. We're, we're not quite halfway through the year. We just calculated. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. In three weeks. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello. To her immediate left, the new guy... Calvin Keerly. Yeah, I'm blowing up on iTunes reviews, by the way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Was that really Just, you who left that? Yes. yes. Great Calvin response. logged in to, our, to iTunes, went to our podcast page, and reviewed our podcast talking about how great the new guy is. But your username is Calvin Keerly. All caps. Yeah. All caps. I think I even changed it to all caps. <laughs> an, an unbiased, fair review. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. I can't believe you did that. Hey, by the way, we have a lot of reviews on iTunes, but they haven't. It was like mainly, you know, we've been doing this seven years. So, so the bulk of the reviews are older reviews, you know. So if you guys are recent listeners and you want to. You want to update what's said about this podcast, about this show, head over to uh, iTunes and review it. You won't hurt our feelings. I think we get about yeah. one a month right now. Yeah, that's uh, not very much. Not yeah, very much. Be, be, be honest uh, and, uh, you know, unbiased, just like Calvin. Yeah, right. <laughs> do unto others what you would have them do unto you. So if you were on iTunes and we could review you, write about <laughs> us what you would want us to write about you. Pretend a really close family member is on iTunes and on this podcast. Say nice things. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Uh, um, coming up on uh, this week's show, we have an interview uh, with Craig Groeschel, author, pastor of Life Church, uh, very famous pastor. Coming up, dot TV, Life Church dot TV. That is correct. Uh, and we also have. Don't go to lifechurch.com. <laughs> is it a porn site? I'm just kidding. I have no idea what it is. It's probably redirect. But... You would think. Hold on, I'm going to pull up see what it is. You would think that they're big enough now that no matter what the person at lifechurch.com wanted to charge, that Life Church could afford it. Oh, LifeChurch.com uh, just redirects to LifeChurch.tv. So they're choosing yeah. .tv. .com is so over. What about, do, who has the .biz? <laughs> uh, looking. We do. Yeah, we, uh, no, <laughs> we do now. We have all right. of them. No, it redirects to .tv too. Oh, wow. They really covered the bases there. Craig Rochelle knows what's going on. This is going to be a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> right. LifeChurch. Ooh, LifeChurch.is open. What about oh. .gov? <laughs> that's, another, that's, another, that's another favorite of mine. <laughs> Can you buy a .gov? Which means I don't think so. we should get Oscars.gov. Yeah, you can. Yeah, he did not lock down LifeChurch.gov. We need to snag all these up. LifeChurch.edu. Let's try this one. Hold on. No, he doesn't have LifeChurch.edu either. So we could char- yeah. we could start a Life Church University. Well, well, and pl- here's here's what I think the plan should be. We snag up all these URLs and we negotiate a trade because doesn't Life Church own the Uversion downloadable Bible app? Yes, they. St- started it and pay for it yes so okay so here's the exchange we give you lifechurch.edu lifechurch.gov 
life journey, you know, all, all the other dots that we buy. In exchange, when someone downloads you version, they automatically get subscribed to the podcast. Oh. <laughs> 20 million listeners later. <laughs> 20 million confused listeners later. <laughs> I think wow. that's fair. I think that's fair, too. Yeah, Otherwise, fair. we will malign LifeChurch.tv <laughs> via LifeChurch.gov. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying this is an extortion, but I'm just saying I would hate to see it come to that. <laughs> Frank Rochelle seems like a reasonable guy. <laughs> your hand is forced. You know you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. He's forcing my hand here. Preload your Bible app. Preload the most successful app of all time. This hurts me as much podcast. as it hurts you. Because I don't want to have to malign you and your website via the .edu, but I will. So uh, about half an hour before we started recording this podcast, I went over to the po- the new Relevant Podcast Facebook page and, and Twitter and said, hey, we're about to record. Is there anything you want us to cover? You guys bombarded us with great stuff. So we definitely will uh, mention a few of those on this show. So uh, stay tuned for that. But at first, your entertainment releases, music coming out on Tuesday, June 12th. At last, Usher. Coming out looking, <laughs> yeah. looking for myself, but it's like, the number four. Oh, I like, when, I like when they do that. Yeah. I thought it was pronounced Usher. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just me? <laughs> uh, the tallest man on earth. Um, didn't he just come out with something? Because we talked about him walking around the neighborhood and looking in your second floor window. No, no, that, no. that was the actual tallest man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. During the Guinness Records. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of those two is coming out with There's No Leaving Now. It could be him. It could, he's, he could be making a, a, a his, his solo album debut. I don't know. <laughs> There's No Leaving Now. Because the doorway's too short. He's trapped. Uh, Hot Chip is coming out with In Our Heads. That would hurt if you had a hot chip in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Welcome Wagon. I, I, I feel bad for these artists. I sit there and belittle. They put all this thought into the, the album names, and I just I, I, I make bad puns. I, I apologize to all of There's no people. need to apologize. Are you going right. to stop doing it? No, I can't help it. Okay. It reads, hot chip in our heads. That's what's in front of me. How can I not connect those? That would hurt. <laughs> uh, the Welcome Wagon is coming out with Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Well, that's a title. Wow. <laughs> Precious Remedies that Against like a book title. Satan's Devices. Uh, they're featured in the next issue of Relevant, actually. Uh, they're a great group. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, Vito. It's uh, they, they pastor a church in Brooklyn. They're uh, they're at the same church with like uh, Sufjan. Yeah, they're friends with Sufjan Stevens. And Sufjan produced... Who isn't? Produced Nowadays. and uh, uh, recorded on their last <laughs> album, and Sufjan recorded some on this album, but didn't produce it. Yeah, so it, it it goes in a different direction. It's interesting. And our pick of the week, Metric, with Synthetica. I'm a fan of Metric. I like Metric. I am too. Gossip, all that stuff. The XX. Metric songs get stuck in your head for weeks at a time. Yeah, they do. It's a, it's a, it's great summer festival music. Mm-hmm. I, I like Metric at Lollapalooza two years ago was unbelievable. I was in the photo pit 
literally could touch her leg. I was that close. You know, I was on one of the. Did you? <laughs> no, because I did not want to be escorted out of the photo pit. <laughs> but but it's a great show. It was great. I prefer the inches and the yards. What's it called? It's, What's it's it like called? a disease. The metric going... system. What are you? What are you I referring don't even to? Know. See, the inches. I don't even the... know. Yeah. Yeah. What is that called? That's gonna bother me now. <laughs> the metric system. The. I'm not going to say it. The correct way to do it. See, this is going to make us all look bad. <laughs> Just like our biology <laughs> speculation. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of? It reminds me of when I was in science class in like middle school. And you know they have the temperature gauge of Kelvins, you know, like 98 Kelvin. Right. And people would be like, oh, it's you. It's like, no, it's not my name. It's a letter off. It's two letters off because there's a K and an E as opposed to a yeah, it was C like, and an A. Right. It, it was annoying really? for a while. That's a wound you had to talk about? It's a wound. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this, this was a good talk. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> the uh, movie release is coming out on Friday, June 15th. Oh, boy. Rock of Ages. I cannot wait. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm dead really? serious. It's the musical starring Tom Cruise, <laughs> Russell Brand, Paul Giamatti, and Alec Baldwin. It looks amazing. No, it does Oh, not. yeah, it looks amazing. I love any kind of 80s rockumentary. It, it, at it's first, a, a I didn't musical. know what the tone of this movie was going to be. But seeing the ads, I mean, it looks relatively lighthearted. Yeah, it's like it's a musical. I mean, this is this is. Uh, did that, but this I is Mamma Mia for eighties rock. Exactly. Do they follow the Tom Cruise method for his movies? He has to run, usually away from or towards an explosion of some kind. So does he run So in he the doesn't movie? run lateral to explosions ever? No, no, never parallel. Well, you, you know the old saying, and that Tom Cruise personifies as, cool guys don't look at explosions. That's right. Right. I'm thinking that the explosions are going to be taking place on stage in the form of pyrotechnics. Sure. And he's running towards the crowd. Uh, he better. Yeah. Because then I'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't want to see Rock of Ages, you can see, oh my, even worse, that's my boy, Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg. Uh, Finally. <laughs> and if you don't want to see that, you can see your sister's sister starring Emily Blunt. Adam, Adam Sandler's been on a hot streak lately. <laughs> Define a hot streak. fire going yeah. down. Hot turds. <laughs> yeah. no, what was the movie he just came out with where he plays both um, a version of himself as well as a version of his non-existent twin sister? Right. Yeah, it was Jack and Jill. And no, yeah. I, I don't know that because I saw it because I did not see it. <laughs> yes, you did. I did not. All right. All right, so that'll do it for your terrible mo- entertainment releases. Well, not terrible music, but just terrible movie options. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. You're listening to the features. The song is How It Starts. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard The Temper Trap with Need Your Love. It's dedicated to Maya. Mm-hmm. It's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, this is this is a pretty cool story, mainly because it reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer starts going to a, a workplace regularly where he doesn't actually have a job. <laughs> uh, and when, when, when Jerry asks him what he's doing all day, his reaction is simply TCB. Taking care of business. That's right. Um, so uh, this one happens in Silicon Valley um, where a, a 20-year-old entrepreneur was actually given a, a $20,000 startup grant 
from a branch of AOL. And how it works is you can come work in a, a small little kind of offset of their corporate offices with other entrepreneurs working on these grants uh, until the money runs out. And then you're expected to launch your business. Well, the problem is uh, his 20 grand ran out and he still needed a lot more time. Uh, so he didn't have anywhere to live there in Silicon Valley. The friends he was crashing with, uh, he was kind of wearing out his welcome. So he decided to, even though he was no longer had any connection or employment by AOL, uh, to continue working and then living at the campus. Wow. So for two months, uh, this guy, Eric Simmons, uh, would sleep on the couches, shower in the gym there, uh, and eat snacks from the snack room while working 15 hours a day. It took uh, two months for him to get caught. Wow. Um, but by that time, he was able to get so much work done that he was, uh, eventually launched his company. But I, th- I think it's a great idea just to walk into an office building and start a new life and just live there. Well, did you? I, I, this came out a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, he, he, would, he would sleep. He found where the security guards would walk around in the middle of the night, and he found these benches on the patio that were just outside of their their path. So he slept on the benches. He would get up at 5 a.m. and go into the company gym and work out every morning Mm -hmm. and then shower and everything. So when people came early... You know, he was just one of the early comers who, who would work out. So he lost like a ton of weight and got into great shape because he was working out every day. And, and everybody who left late, he was always there working after them. So they thought, man, this guy's got great drive. So he, he quickly oh became... Remember when George Costanza, his yeah. car broke down yeah, at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, he just leave his car there. Yeah. He got promoted right. because his car was the first one there in the morning and the last one there at night. <laughs> and uh, it was that kind of scenario. It was, it was genius. And it lasted for several months. I mean, that's... That's pretty, and and it's got to make you wonder. There's enough. Okay, I'm you know everyone's like been to New York and walked down, you know, walked through Manhattan and seen these massive skyscrapers and buildings and people kind of milling in and out. How many of those people are squatters just living there? I venture to say up to forty percent. Forty percent. Forty percent of Manhattan is people squatting. They just put on suits and they go and live in these office buildings and look busy. They can't afford rent, so yeah, yeah, it's really high. It's too darn high. (laughs) It's too darn high. Nice. You should run on that. There's eight-year-olds listening. Uh, No, I mean, but I I mean, this guy is showing that this is possible. You know, I bet you could go. I bet it's possible to befriend someone at like a college or something and just live in the dorms and act like you're attending the school, even go to classes and not enroll in the college. Yeah, you could probably do that. So I hope this inspires uh, more of a a corporate squatting movement, mainly because I think it's hilarious. (laughs) You'd think he would have gotten found out because I heard you. He had like two or three outfits, like two pairs of jeans and a couple shirts, and he had them like in a locker there. I literally wear one of three pairs of jeans every day. That's called all. That's called is a tight rotation, well, I, I, and I, I do too. But I, I think the and then I wear a black shirt two thirds of the time, and I may mix it up one third. I mean, I'm saying me and this guy would probably dress the same. He has three things. I choose to wear three things. Like I said, he's just got a tight rotation. rotation. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't think it's that unusual that a 20 some young 20 something would only wear three outfits. 
yeah. mean, the people who made their clothes last week, they've only got a couple outfits. Oh, yeah. Five a year. Yeah. We estimated. Mm, yep. That's right. So anyway, I hope it inspires more of this sort of behavior because mainly I think it's kind of hilarious. The only thing that's not hilarious about it is he was getting actual work done. I would love it if he was just in there like playing Farmville every day. <laughs> like if he had no ambition and just wanted to kind of hang out every day. I think that would make it a little bit more funny, but it's still pretty cool. Well, it's interesting. The happy ending to the story is that he he's gotten more funding and he now has a house and like a staff. Stop like, it. Are you serious? Yeah, of like 10 people. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. See, that's the lame part. I think it'd be funny because he was in- <laughs> wasn't doing anything. I think another place that you could easily, li- like I would like to see someone do like kind of a DIY like documentary where they go and just see how long they can live undetected at a shopping mall. You could do it in Ikea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It'd be a pretty comfortable existence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, they're not, you know, even these places aren't 24-7. Right about 30 minutes before closing time, just crawl under a bed and wait it out. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Ikea's not 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. So it's perfect. And then after they leave, crawl out and crawl into the bed. The whole place is yours. Do whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You have your choice of beds. Every night, move around. You're experiencing different lifestyles. Different Mm -hmm. different styles. See which one feels right. If you like the 392 square foot home, feels okay for you. You you can move into one of their 446 square foot homes that they set up. You you could either move to Sweden for a year or just live in an Ikea. And it's the (laughs) same same exact thing. (laughs) What do you have, Maya? This slice was sent to us by Jared Walters, a reader. This is a, a lovely-looking gentleman, very scruffy. Describe um, him. He would be a ginger-colored man. Ginger-colored hair, beard that's graying. Wolf-like he's, beard. He's got overalls on, no, no top underneath, very very um, covered in hair everywhere. Homeless-looking? <laughs> no, just... Just a little deranged. Just a little, like, lives out in the country. Okay. I'm picturing a little John from from Robin Hood. <laughs> okay. He's pretty Is good. Is that accurate? Sure, yeah. Wait, the, the, yeah. Which the one? Disney animated cartoon where he's a bear? <laughs> no. <laughs> like the traditional... Well, the Kevin Costner one. Yeah, I think the Kevin Costner one. Does he have a soul patch? <laughs> Sand soul patch. Sand soul patch. Um, okay, so this guy uh, went to their brand new Super Walmart. That's an exciting time when it's brand and he, new. And he moved in there, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Well, uh, it says that the third shift electronics cashier. So he was there really late. Third shift, I would think, would be middle of, the, middle of the night at Walmart, which is always a wonderful time to be there. He was going through the CDs, and she said he was putting a whole bunch of the country CDs in a, a basket. So she just thought, big country music fan here, really needs these CDs. Sure, he's got overalls and no shirt. Right. And yeah. she said he left. And his name's Lil John. He just so. loading up on the Kenny Chesney. Yeah. So he left and he came back about 15 Who hasn't years. been there? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he left the, the department. With these CDs. Okay. A whole bunch of, whole bunch of like 100, she said. At okay. least 100. In his basket. In his basket. Right. She just was like, he must be a rabid country music fan. Maybe he, he was just rabid. Maybe he's rabid, yeah. She said, but then he returned 15 minutes later, which made her suspicious. And she. Did he have the CDs with him? He did, and he was started to put them back on the shelf. And she went over there to investigate and realized that he had taken out the CDs and put in other CDs because he d- just didn't agree with the country music that is currently available to people. What kind of country music was he was he loading in there? Um, he took the Rascal Flat CD out <laughs> and put in Flat and Smugs. He took out the Taylor Swift CD and replaced it with a Tanya Tucker. So he's an old school he's guy. Old school he's country. Purist. Like get rid so of all this poppy country. So he went into the bathroom, country. sliced them all open, 
He, but that means he brought with him. Were these like burned discs, like CDRs? Oh, they were burned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were. See, this guy sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people complain about like the state <laughs> of pop music and like, you know, the decline in the taste of like the American consumer. This guy's doing something about it. And you all know I love quotes. And I mean, he's just top of the line quote, quote guy here. He was taken to jail on shoplifting charges, but since he didn't actually shoplift anything he was released and the charges were dropped he did shoplift i mean he well, destroyed no. property he did destroy property but i guess they decided he's he's just cuckoo. he was a purist he's banned from super walmart for the rest of his life probably how are they going to enforce that this isn't disney gonna, they I'm don't g- have walmart jail i'm going to read this they walmart disney is kind of like jail <laughs> i didn't shoplift nothing i told the cops they could find all that country blank <laughs> beep in the in the rubber made garbage cans and homewares where the crap belongs. <laughs> I was just trying to give the people around here some beep culture. So I brought my whole collection up here to give away for free. Of course, I've got it all ripped on my laptop. My alpha- alphabetizing skills might be lacking, but I ain't stupid. Can you believe they didn't have a Jerry Reed CD in the whole gosh darn store? Well, for 15 shiny minutes last Friday night, they did. <laughs> See, this guy, this guy is awesome. He is awesome. The only thing that would make it cooler... And this is where I thought the story was going, is that he stocked his own music. Oh, that would have been better. Yeah. He says, they threw away all my CDs in the dumpster and they broke them. And then he says bad words. He says, I'm going to sue them for destruction of property and mental anguish. Just trying to help this town out. I'm a by gosh patriot. He is. (laughs) He's awesome. Good for him. That guy is awesome. I wish he would have put his own albums in there, though. Yeah. Because then someone would have bought Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I had no idea Taylor Swift sounded this masculine and was this vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she does. And she is. Well, her later, her newer stuff. <laughs> yeah, her newer yeah. stuff after yeah. she had puberty. Right. Yeah, her, her early stuff is really just. She's like Miley Cyrus. She, she grew up yeah. right before ours. I, I, yeah. call, I like to call her Tyler Swift. So somebody somebody <laughs> wrote in that apparently Miley Cyrus uh, got engaged. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I mean, they they said, well, obviously Miley Cyrus's engagement will be this week's hot topic. But I suppose I don't need to tell you all that. I'm like, why, yeah, you do. We're not really we, on the Miley Cyrus why beat. Even Miley Cyrus? <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that on the Today Show this morning. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I didn't think it was relevant. Hoda and Kathy Lee were enraptured by the story. They were also enraptured by their Pinot Grigio. Yeah, I was going to say, that was that could have also been the Riesling they were drinking at 9.30 a.m. What do you have, Kelvin? <laughs> <laughs> getting hot in here. Or actually, how many... Four Kelvins. What would that What would that feel like, one Kelvin? I, I, would, that, would that be cold? Is that a thousand degrees? I don't know. Is it? I think it's a thousand degrees. So that's so that's so all a room needs is one me to get one hot. Kelvin is a thousand degrees. No, don't worry. You quote it. I don't have no idea. I didn't even know what duodenum was. I think a a liver. And apparently is last week I called your Kelvins. epidermis your epidural layer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, People be jumping on us. Man, we got like fact checkers like circling above this podcast like buzzards. <laughs> Speaking of buzzards. Last night, I walked into my backyard, and there was a, right in the middle of the grass, a pile of blue jay feathers. A big pile. Big pile of blue jay feathers. If So, then a few minutes later, Maya saw a hawk just kind of like fly, like did a flyby, yeah. like a low swoop. So, these blue jays, these birds, like they hop around our yard. They don't like fly around. They hop around our yard. So, I was we standing there going. Them? Yeah, because, yeah. Sad. So, I'm thinking, at first, I was thinking, man. 
probably this was an aerial assault, kind of like that that baseball pitch that hit the goose, you know, and the feathers exploded. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe a hawk or something up in the air, but no, the the feathers were just scattered wider. Okay. These were very concentrated pile of blue jay feathers. So this means the blue jay was probably just sitting there minding his business on our grass. A hawk swooped down and just snatched them, and there was enough of a tussle that feathers flew over. It was very morbid, and my two year old son went over and. You know, was fascinated Wanted by to these. Touch the feathers. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, the, when you first described the crime scene, <laughs> I, my first suspicion was Sylvester the cat. <laughs> yeah, because sucker and succotash, Maya. There's always a little puff of feathers after he eats. Yeah, that's that just yeah. my first thought. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me, my buddy the other day. This is a similar. Well, I guess not really similar, but it is funny. <laughs> uh, he said he works at like a uh, at like a landscape place and. He said that he was like taking some garbage out, and in the garbage, he his he saw something. He's like his he said his reaction was, "Oh, sweet, a Davy Crockett hat." Yeah. You guys are familiar with the Davy Crockett hat? Yes. Yeah, the it's ra- fur the with the tail thing. with the and so he reached in and grabbed it, and it was a live raccoon. Oh, caution, nice. everyone! If you see a Davy Crockett hat <laughs> in the trash can, it may be a live raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> no one throws out a Davy Crockett hat. No. <laughs> yeah, in the history of Davy Crockett hats, I can't imagine any point they would hit a trash can. Someone they, just haphazardly throwing one in the trash can. Yeah, no, no they, they, they would go to the Salvation Army or something like that. Yeah, yeah. they would pass it on to a loved one, you know, or or, or what? They, they don't. You don't just toss them away. It's yeah, like a piece of garbage. It's the, a Davy Crockett hat. The only way that they would die is if they disintegrated, like like the 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 the. the the, the rat hat that Elaine yeah. bought on her expense account on Seinfeld. Yeah, mm-hmm. from dust to dust. <laughs> right. Dust go, forth from, go forth from whence you came. You just throw it into the forest. <laughs> yeah, that's how you dispose of David Crockett <laughs> Yeah, to go and throw it into the wilderness. <laughs> About a year ago, my wife and I were driving home from a wedding, and we're, we're driving through our neighborhood in these kind of winding streets, and we see these like bright, glowing green eyes in the middle of the street. And it's a, uh, so you kind of see them and it's, it's laser standing, cat. laser catting, like looking right at our headlights. So I'm slowing down because I'm not, you know, a bad person. I'm not going to run it over. I realize it's a raccoon. So it stands there and, and I'm thinking, okay, it's not going to move. And I, I, I go to just kind of maybe move the car up a little bit, rev the engine to get to scared a bit. And it just falls over. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, a, like a heart attack? Yeah. Yeah, so I get out of the car and I look at it and I and I I think my wife and I realized someone else might have hit it already and it was trying to get back up and you know and stuff. So we we named him Ronald Ronald the raccoon. You took him home? No, I I had a bag a in the shovel? back of my car, so I lifted him up and I kind of brought him over to the side of the grass near this lake. So he could die in peace. So he could die in, in, peace. in a nice in a nice grassy area by a lake. That was very yeah. kind of you. Yeah, and then I, like there was traffic building up behind me. People were honking their horns, and I was like, "Look, I'm doing a good I'm thing helping here. Ronald I'm out. helping Ronald. When I die, I hope somebody like you Come comes across my path and well, lays yeah. me in a grassy knoll by lays a lake. you by still waters. <laughs> I always keep a pair of gloves and a body bag in the back of the car, <laughs> just in case. You just know, like case. two cars back, some guy was witnessing it all and was just thinking, "Hey, when that guy drives away, I'm going to go get that. I've been looking for a new Davy Crockett hat." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here I am thinking, like, maybe I helped it out. Maybe he lived. And then this guy comes over and chops his head off. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. You see that guy like a week later. He's rocking a sweet new David Crockett hat. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, a similar similar story, different outcome, different animal. Uh, driving back from lunch one day with a friend, and uh, we come across a two lane road and, and a pretty busy road, and there's this massive turtle in the middle of our lane. I mean, big enough that you don't want to run it over, and it's not, you know, not Galapagos. Stuff. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, so you couldn't ride it. <laughs> no, you couldn't write it. Um, but it, uh, Florida's known for their snapping turtles, and those things will take your fingers off, especially when they get big. So, you know, you got to be careful when you go up to a turtle. But, you know, because of the cars, it had shrunk in. It was just staying there. It was going to get crushed. So he stops his car. He's concerned. He gets out to go pick up the turtle and just move it to the side of the road. Fairly large. So he picks it up, you know, one hand on each side of it, um, and, and, and picks it up where the belly part is facing him and the mm-hmm. shell is facing out, away, okay. for, away from him. And he's, and he's walking toward the edge of the road and all of a sudden, all the turtle parts pop out and the <laughs> turtle starts peeing on him. Like, <laughs> and just covered. And we're, this is our lunch break at work. And he's just covered in turtle urine. And and had to go back to work smelling turtle urine the rest of the day. So that's and, what you and, get for going to, doing a good deed sometimes. Well, hey, d- 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 don't lie. On the way to church this last Sunday, I witnessed the exact same thing. Luckily, the guy was facing the turtle the other way, <laughs> but some still kind of blew back off. He kind of did that jump back thing when it's blowing back. It still got all over his like you know calves. But I was thinking, what grosser thing could you possibly have on you than turtle pee? Like, okay, because here's the thing about turtles. Turtles spend all their time in, like, dirty, polluted lakes, all right? So the water they just literally, you know, usually live in is disgusting. You wouldn't even want to touch that water. You wouldn't get that water out of you. Much less what they consume and the junk that their body filters it's back true. out is the grossest of the gross. That's true. That's true. I thought about it the whole way to church. I thought about it most of the day that day. Like if I see a turtle, either I will gently kind of give him a like not 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 boot him, but kind of push him along with my foot. You right. know, I'm not picking that thing up. Right. That's disease. That's the disease waiting to happen. Well, see, he was holding it gingerly on the edges because he was afraid that the snapper would come out. You know that. So he, so he was, yeah, he was trying to do a good deed, and he just got covered in turtle pee. Well, that's what you get. <laughs> so speaking of poor Ronald the raccoon, <laughs> who I I do genuinely like to think is alive somewhere and thankful, and one day will see me and and come up to me and not pee on me. <laughs> give you a little wink. Yeah, he'll give me a, yeah, a little I wink. I remember. You'll like know the, it's him. I like the end of a Frank Capra movie at Christmas time. He'll just kind of come over and like that. Have you seen the YouTube video of the lion, the li- the the guys yes. from the seventies who raised the lion cub yeah. and had to release it, and years later, it recognized them. It'll be you with the raccoon. It will. Gosh, and then they play "I Will Always Love You" in that in that video, and yeah. it, it it genuinely did. It, 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 I teared up a little bit. Yeah. And then it goes to like five years later, and it's just you walking down the street, reflecting on stuff, wearing a Davy Crockett hat. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, I had to make the tough decision. Yeah, which you call Ronald. <laughs> uh, oh so poor Ronald. Um, and speaking of dead animals, a, uh, I thought this was interesting. A Dutch artist turned his dead cat into a helicopter. <laughs> Wait, what? what? And his cat's name was Orville. Yeah, that's right. Named after the famous aviator Orville Wright. Redenbucker. Oh. So did, did he get it? Okay. Yeah. That's so I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Oh my god. So this gosh. cat was movie theater style. <gasps> no. Yeah. So poor Orville was run over by a car. I like no, to call him Redenbucker. And Red he's Bucker. all flat, like how he died. 
And as an ultimate <laughs> tribute, he transformed this cat into a flying helicopter. His eyes look like he's so scared. <laughs> it looks my, qu- <laughs> my question, I, I'm, I'm He's got he little had, lights like, on the sides. <laughs> did, did he just go to a taxidermy oh and say, listen... <laughs> Yeah, let's hollow this well, like thing a, out. Like the a... taxidermy is like, you know, I can do your cat sitting on a rock. I can do him just standing there. You know, whatever you want. Whatever is going to best uh, memorialize this beloved pet of yours. He was, yeah, I was thinking about uh, getting turned into a helicopter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sadly, that would actually look appropriate in my office with all my other odd taxidermies. It would. I oh can't believe. It's so horrible. But the cat still looks alive. Like his eyes. There's... He does. He looks like, like oh my gosh. I'm gonna... it, it honestly looks like a nightmare. <laughs> like a living nightmare. <laughs> it's a living nightmare. <laughs> this thing flying towards you. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's kind of chasing you around in the air. <laughs> like what if you woke up and it's just like hovering over you? Oh. <laughs> Okay, we, I'm going to tweet and post this photo. Oh, my goodness. Listeners have to yeah, see this. please do. It is a, I mean, we, we need to do a better job doing word pictures. Okay, so this is a, a just a, t- a t- tabby cat. T- what do they call What are they called? Tabby. Tabby yeah. cats. Yeah, like a little tiger just cat. Just a normal run-of-the-mill house cat. Uh, completely f- flat with his arms out like like an airplane wings, you know. And and the and the artist has has attached the helicopter propellers to his hands, like where the hands would be. So it looks like so they're outstretched left and right, and there's there's helicopter blades coming out of them. And and so this apparatus is kind of like a hovercraft sort of thing, but it is a. F- a flat cat that flies around the room and the head is on there and the eyes look alive. I'm watching the YouTube video. It doesn't look like he's very good at operating the helicopter. <laughs> well, it takes a while to become uh, used to or, you know, really proficient uh, navigating uh, cat helicopters. You know, you know what's interesting? <laughs> he went with the whole Orville, uh, Orville Wright, naming the cat Orville Wright, but uh, I feel like he missed an opportunity because he could have named him uh, Kitty Hawk. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that He's where they, they flew the plane? North Carolina. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He, he honestly looks like a combination now of a cat and a flying squirrel. Oh yeah, yeah. it really does. It actually just looks like a flying squirrel with a cat head on it. A cat head on it. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Craig Rochelle. You're listening to Chromatics. The song is These Streets Will Never Look the Same. The video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. Craig Rochelle is the founding and senior pastor of LifeChurch.tv. You probably heard of LifeChurch. It's uh, innovative and famous for their multi-site, multi-campus leadership. Uh, They have churches meeting all over the U.S. uh, online. They have 100,000 people a week coming to their online, I just recently read. And it's known for their innovation and use of technology. As we mentioned earlier, they have a team that did version, does version, and other stuff where they just give away their resources. They give away stuff to other churches to, uh, yeah, it's just really cool what they're doing. Craig uh, speaks at conferences worldwide and has written several books, including his recent one, Soul Detox, Clean Living in a Contaminated World. 
which examines the toxins that assault us daily, like toxic influences, emotions, behaviors. By examining the toxins that assault us daily, the book offers the ultimate spiritual intervention with ways to remain clean, pure, and focused on the standard of God's holiness. Our very own Roxanne Weeman recently spoke to him. Here is Craig Rochelle. What was it that really triggered you to think, okay, this this is the book that I need to write right now. This is this is what needs to be said. You, you know, Roxanne, for me, um, I, I'm a big believer in kind of taking care of your body physically, and when I really started to wrap my mind around the the idea that we're actually not a body with a soul, but instead we're a soul with a body, and, and it kind of takes a minute to let that sink in, but. But that's you know the truth. When when we die, our bodies die, but but our soul continues to live somewhere. It, it really kind of made me change the way I thought about taking care of myself, and not just focusing on my body, but really focusing on my soul. And kind of a picture I think a lot of people understand. I actually grew up in a home where both my mom and dad smoked cigarettes, and um, I had no idea that I was just used to it, and I really never. Uh, realized I was breathing in secondhand smoke, you know, poison, and that I smelled really bad until I went off to college and came back home and I was like, this place reeks. And then, you know, I walked out like, I reek. And uh, so now I kind of know why I couldn't get a date in high school, maybe, or at least that's what I, what I tell myself. But I think in, in our spiritual lives, it's you know, there's kind of a similar picture that a lot of us, we're breathing in spiritual toxins every single day that are harmful to our souls and we never really think about it and so I wanted to write a book to help people not just have a physical detox which I think is important but instead to have a soul detox. Was there something that something that you saw in your congregation or something that you saw in people you were talking to or maybe in your own life that that sort of triggered that in you that said, wow, we are, we are taking in all these spiritual toxins and we've just gotten used to it and we don't recognize it anymore. You know, there was there are so many different things, I believe, that we are toxins we're, we're in, in, ingesting, but there was kind of a trigger story that um, my wife, I mean, we love, we love movies, I'm a, I love movies, and my wife would always say, don't you think some of the movies we're watching maybe aren't you know, really appropriate. And I argued back again and again, um, hey, you know, we're staying in touch with what's going on in culture and, you know, you know, profanity doesn't bother me and violence doesn't bother me and, and such. And it just really, really, really believed that. And then we went and um, had a night with some friends and it was really, you know, we had just great talk centered around what God was doing. It was a real rich spiritual time. And then we went and saw a movie where a ghost violently raped a girl afterwards. And we just, we all felt kind of sick. And I walked out thinking to myself, okay, you know, if I'm being entertained by things that are actually sinful and it doesn't bother me, just because it doesn't bother me doesn't mean it's necessarily right. And I kind of had the realization that, that, you know, maybe I needed to be a little more careful. Um, and so the book, there's really a lot of tension in it in, in trying to ask ourselves, you know, 
number one, I don't want to tell everybody go hide from the whole world because I think that's crazy and stupid. But at the same time, I think if we're not careful, we'll allow so much of what we consider to be normal and acceptable really to, to hurt um, hurt us spiritually. And so I kind of walk the reader through a bunch of really important subjects looking at you know, our relationships. Are they um, are they helping us spiritually or are they sometimes damaging us, you know, or, or our words? Are we speaking life-giving words? Or are we speaking life-taking words? I, I look at our thoughts and, and, and Roxanne, one, you know, the, where we start at the beginning is, I think, really so important, um, which is we have such an ability to deceive ourselves. We almost have a limitless capacity for self-deception. And so I really try to walk the reader through discerning honestly with integrity um, maybe what are the areas of my life where I am exposing myself to stuff that really is unhealthy and unhelpful and how can I cleanse my life from it. So you're not so much advocating a return to Victorian era purity or Amish level isolation. Absolutely not. No, no. I mean, we, you know, we need to be engaged in the world as salt and light. Um, it's kind of like, let's take a, a strong believer in Jesus who wants to, you know, help a group of people that don't know Jesus. You know, we have to go in the world. We have to be loving. We have to be aggressive in sharing our faith. But if we don't do it out of kind of a strong biblical community, we can actually be taken out and taken down really quickly. And so, um, you know, I'm really trying to walk in the tension of how do we remain pure inwardly and yet minister outwardly? Um, Because so often I think we actually become more impure inwardly um, and instead of helping others up, sometimes we, we allow them to drag us down. And so, you know, how do we help others up and minister without, um, without getting our own selves in a compromising situation? You know, especially talking to our relevant audience, um, our audience loves culture, loves their movies, loves TV, loves mm-hmm, music. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, part of what Relevant is founded on is this idea of, of being able to find the sacred and the secular and appreciating the ways that you can see God's truth in, in any story in other people's lives. So particularly speaking to that audience, what is your sort of advice to how to navigate that? You know, I think that's a great thing to do. I love to, you know, I'm not going to be as skilled as a lot in in this audience, but I love to do that as well with all my heart. Love the way truth can be. You can find truth in some things that are otherwise pretty challenging. To give you a crazy example, there's an old movie called The Seventh Sign, which is one of the most unbiblical movies ever. I went and saw it before I was a Christian, and uh, it actually stirred me spiritually into seeking God, and and so it's a great, I mean, it's a very personal way where something that was very unbiblical was God used in a very big way in my heart, and so I think we, I think we need to ask some questions uh, along the way if just because something doesn't bother me doesn't make it right. If I'm supporting some things that could cause other people to stumble, could hurt me, you know, maybe I need to avoid those things. And I, I just be careful not to rationalize what we're doing 
when it could be ultimately harmful. At the same time, I would say, don't be afraid. Don't run around with your, you know, uh, don't bury your head in the sand and say, I can't look at anything because God can use everything. But be willing to live in the tension and uh, be willing to grow and be different. There may be something that was totally acceptable to you five years ago and, and you're growing spiritually and it's not acceptable now. There may be some things that were dangerous to you five years ago and you're growing spiritually and they're not dangerous to you now. So I just wouldn't put my stakes in the ground and say it always has to be this way. Hmm. I would let your spiritual growth help you to grow in how to minister to others and then determine what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And hopefully that's changing because you're changing as you're becoming more like Christ. That was Craig Groeschel. Make sure to check out his new book, Soul Detox, or check out his church at lifechurch.tv. You're listening to Husky. The song is The Woods. When you're Husky, you <laughs> tend to spend time alone in the woods because you don't really have friends. So you just, but you don't like to go walking because your thighs rub together a lot. So you just kind of sit and sit. And if sit. I ever had a hot chip like stuck in my brain, right. I would probably escape to the woods. And it'll be full of Husky but children. But I wouldn't want to be alone. So I'd naturally for survival, I'd probably attach myself to, I don't know, the tallest man on earth. So, so that's where you would disp- and you would be disposing of your Davy Crockett hat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Husky with the Woods video is playing right now on Relevant TV. Okay, it's time for Jesse Carey's summer movie picks. Take it away. All right, so there's a lot of movies coming out of the summer, and people ask me every day, Jesse, what do I go see? You know, we all know the big ones like Dark Knight and The Avengers. You're not going to come to me to get those kind of uh, you know recommendations. Everyone knows about those. I'm more to talk about some of the some of the eclectic indie fare that you can expect in cinemas this summer. So I'm ranking uh, six films that I'm going to go ahead and recommend, and I'm ranking them on a scale of to one to four jump punches in honor of Real Steel. <laughs> That's my metric. Is four jump punches is the best one of the best movies ever made. Okay. Uh, so that's how I'm ranking these. And I actually, you know, I'm going to review them for you guys. Now you're saying a lot of these movies aren't even finished being made yet. How did you review them? Well, I watched the trailers. Okay. And I'm reviewing the film based on the trailers that I saw. That's what we do so, with the magazine, too. So don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. That's where you learned it from. So uh, for my first movie that uh, I'm going to recommend this summer, uh, a lot of you guys know that I'm a huge history buff. Um, you know, I that's why I'm such a big fan of the National Treasure franchise. Mm-hmm. I love history documentaries. So when I first saw the trailer for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, me and my Civil War buddies, we were a little concerned about historical accuracy. <laughs> but I'm happy to report that this is a, a true historical representation of Civil War era America. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and recommend with three and a half jump punches, mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> 
The other great thing about this movie is that if you spend some time on the Civil War reenactment circuit, like I do, you'll notice the one thing that Civil War reenactments are missing is LARPing. You guys familiar with LARPing? Yes. Live action role play. Uh, okay. that, that role models movie? Yeah. LARPing was yeah, a whole... Yeah, it's where nerds go out in the woods and fight each other in medieval. <laughs> we're husky right, kids. Right. It's where husky kids go in the woods. Yeah. And, uh... yeah. So the great thing about this is, this is my hope for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and why I gave it three and a half jump punches is because I think it's finally going to unite like fantasy LARPers with Civil War reenactors, which is the greatest combination ever. So if you are out seeing a, fan, a, a Civil War reenactment happening this summer, go out there and start LARPing with them. It'll all make sense this summer. Wow. Uh, so, all right. So for my next film, uh, you know, I'm all about, you know, movies that uh, don't try to fix what ain't broken. So, you know, the recipe for comedy is very simple. Uh, there are a few elements you need. One, getting sprayed by a skunk. Or peed on by a turtle. (laughs) Yeah. Number two, amnesia after getting hit in the head. Uh, A pet who can play professional sports. Uh, Taking on the identity uh, of someone in the witness protection program. A man dressing up in non-sexual drag, like a, like like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, like an elderly woman. Or Tyler Perry. Yeah, or getting hit in the face with a lemon meringue pie. Those are all the recipes for comedy. So that's why I was really excited that this next film has two of those elements, uh, and maybe three. Medea may be sprayed with a skunk. I don't know. I couldn't ascertain that from the trailer. But Medea's Witness Protection Program comes mm-hmm. out this summer mm-hmm. uh, because of those comedy elements. Two and a half jump punches. Did you <laughs> two and a half? <laughs> wow. Half. Did you see that Eugene high. Levy is in it? Gene Levy? Or- oh, I watched. I I did watch the trailer. I don't just throw these reviews together. But, but I don't get so. You know, this is <laughs> he's in the Dad American Pie movies. He's but he was like, my, to me, where I first encountered him as an actor was in the Christopher Guest mockumentaries. Right. And so when I see him doing stuff like this, I'm just like, this is beneath you. You're great. Oh, he's you know? cashing in for sure. Well, he's been cashing oh. in for like 15 years. So it's like no longer like this great indie actor. No, no. This is now just him. This him is and not- Tyler Perry are laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. So two and a half jump punches. So, my next film that I'm going to be recommending, I'm just going to name some names right here, and you guess what I'm going to rank this film. Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone, Jet Li, Jason. Do I need to to keep going? No. Four jump punches, The Expendables 2. Yes. (laughs) I I am genuinely excited about this. I mean, I could talk about the movie and the plot. It has something to do with recovering a safe. Wow. did you hear the names I just named? Yeah, I That's did. That's really what we need to know. <laughs> the clear like person who's been like notably left off is Steven Seagal. Oh. Somewhere Steven Seagal well, is really ticked off about this. Isn't he a policeman? Somewhere? Yeah, he's a sheriff. Yeah. He's got a he's, he's got a actually day job. working for the border patrol now. He's fighting real crime. Yeah, he's got a day job. He can't, he can't take days off for the border patrol. You lose your benefits. <laughs> Yeah, Steven Seagal's got his own thing going. He doesn't need Chuck Norris and Schwarzenegger and Stallone telling him what to do. Um, all right, so my I actually reviewed this next film just for you. Oh, thanks. Um, and it got two and a half jump punches, so okay. you're going to want to hear about it. You guys know that I'm a big fan of when, in films, the main item that uh, resolves conflict is dance-offs. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's a gang dispute, uh, you know, chain challenging small town values, or in this case, <laughs> uh, dancing to fight a land grab by greedy developers in South Beach. Right. Step up revolution. It looks two pretty, and a half it jump looks pretty sweet. 
and they've got the cars bouncing and they're dancing off it. it looks sweet. Don't look I mean, at me so, like that. So there's been so many step ups that they had to take away, like, go away from the number model and start calling it stuff oh, like yeah. Revolution. It's it's in a whole it's a whole franchise. So is this the fourth or the fifth? I think it's the fourth one they've fourth? made. And is this Jesse? Is this going to the theaters or is it DVD? Oh, oh. Uh, I, I, it was scheduled for straight to DVD, but I think it's going to be limited release. It's uh, going to be released. It's basically the the plot of this is like if you took the hippies from the Occupy movement and they could do stuff like cool gainers off the hood of cars. <laughs> yeah. That's what this movie is. That's totally what it is. So my next one, I saw the original Total Recall when I was nine years old. Okay, uh-huh. the movie was awesome. Yeah. It had the future, sweet fight scenes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, explosions. I don't know anything about this new one with Colin Farrell, uh, but it looks like a dark, violent, action, mystery, sci-fi thriller. But because I had so much fun when I saw the original one when I was a kid, I'm going to give this three and a half jump punches because the whole family film. Parents, bring your children. <laughs> uh, and finally, this one is a DVD uh, for that for that long summer afternoon. When you're just like, oh, what am I going to do today? What am I going to watch on TV? This is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, well, it's actually not that old. It's only been out for just 23 years now. <laughs> oh, uh, the movie is called Gleaming the Tube uh, or the Cube. Um, but later it was changed to Brotherhood of the Tiger, which is an awesome name. And I, I could talk about the plot of the movie or Christian Slater or skateboarding or international arms dealing. But, uh, Chad, could you just play the audio from this trailer? And you tell me if you're going to watch it this summer. Christian Slater of Tucker and Heathers stars with Stephen Bauer from Keep of Hearts and Richard Hurd of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in Gleaming the Cube. Brian Kelly didn't care for the way adults ran things. Adults are predictable. They're living under this illusion that life as we know it is going to continue forever. And he didn't care for the direction the world was heading. I don't know what's worse, you know? Blown up a nuclear war having a 7-Eleven on every corner. In fact, there were only two things that Brian did care for. His skateboard and his brother. <laughs> then one day, his brother died. This <laughs> murder was an accident. And Brian's skateboard became his weapon no. in a deadly game of international smuggling, murder, and revenge. No one knows anything except a kid on a skateboard. <laughs> My brother did not be listening to you. You're the one who's not listening. When getting even means risking it all, gleaming the cube. Wow. That looks uh, amazing. Four jump punches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, actually. So this one day, his brother died. <laughs> <laughs> so this was based on a novel, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a true story, I believe. So, awesome. you know, book, those are my better. summer movie recommendations. Netflix you're not going to get those. Get... You're not going to get those kind of recommendations anywhere. You know? Yeah, we're all going to see Batman, but... Who's going to be watching Gleam in the Tube? The Cube. Us. That's All of it. our podcast listeners. Yeah. yeah. They have 100,000 rentals this yeah. summer because of that promotion. They're going to make a number It blows two. up on Netflix. <laughs> it's going to come out in 3DD. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, wow. Then one day his brother died. <laughs> he only cared about two things. His brother and his skateboard. <laughs> Oh, so uh, now you have something to do this summer. That's Jesse Carey's summer movie picks. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Feedback.
Listening to Katie Herzig. The song is Lost and Found. She's looking for husky children Huskies in the woods. In the woods yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how we get all this feedback now that we have Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. We didn't want to like jump on the Facebook and Twitter bandwagon. Yeah, we wanted, we wanted to, to see if they were flashing a pan, passing fad. Right. Before last. we finally got up on here. Yeah, yeah we, we think they're going to catch on. Yeah. Yeah, now that the podcast is, is on Facebook and Twitter, uh, <laughs> you, you pretty much can bank that it's, they're going to make it. Yeah. So. I know I bought a lot of shares of Facebook. Just seemed like a good investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe there is a correlation between the, sh- the shares of Facebook plummeting and us forming a podcast <laughs> Facebook page. They happen around the same time. Hmm. Um, okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you what podcast merchandise you'd like us to make and sell. Uh, the, the, the line of thinking was uh, there were a lot of you latching on to the I am the 10% talking about the uh, self-deprecating fact that there are more of you listening to this podcast than subscribe to our magazine, mm-hmm. yet that's what pays for the podcast. So um, there became like a rallying cry for the few, the proud, the people who are actually keeping us afloat. The, 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 the magazine subscribers, I am the 10%. And so we are uh, actually making a podcast mug. It's on my screen right now. Really? It says, I am the 10% relevant podcast. Um, but we also wanted to come up, we wanted to see what other ideas you guys right. wanted. Uh, we'll throw these in the uh, relevant store. Uh, you can just go to relevantstore.com and buy the mug uh, when we'll it comes in there. stock. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to basically let all the orders come in for the next week or so, and then we'll place the order for the mug. Right. So they'll be shipping in about a month. Um, but at relevantstore.com, maybe we'll do other stuff. Trinity um, suggested doing a, also doing a mug that says World's Greatest Listener. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Really I like cute. that. That is good. Yeah. I like that one. I loved this one. J.J. Carlson said, I think an ice cube tray mold of each member's head would be pretty fun. <laughs> mm. Chatty Mitchell, Chad E. Mitchell said- I think uh, we should call him Chatty. Chatty, Chatty. yeah. Chatty. He's, he's always talking. Mr. Chatty Mitchell. Um, he says we should do bobbleheads of each person on the podcast. I have a bobblehead of me. My, well, we could do one. a group one. You can do big groups like that. You can do groups like we're like joined together like like the Pet like, Boys auto ones. Yeah. That's the three. <laughs> it would probably be like $600 per, but we could do it. Yeah, if you're willing to pay up $1,200 for this collection. <laughs> for our, When our 50th issue came out, uh, the staff gave me a bobblehead of me <laughs> holding the 50th issue. It's on my shelf right now. Yep. It is eerie. How, how accurate it is. Eerie. And we still have the mold, so we can get those mass-produced. Yeah, for just $50, each additional one. <laughs> each additional one's 50 bucks. That's all it is. Yeah. is that's that a all? lot of money. That's a deal from what the real cost was, oh, the first true. cost. Yeah, to make the mold. But your mold of your of your face and body is just there. We'll just have them change out I, the I cover. I mean, you guys went down to, I was wearing one of my three pairs of jeans and black polo shirts, <laughs> and I was wearing black Nikes. Uh, they got the Nikes down. My watch is accurate. My glasses are oh. accurate. It's crazy. Anyway, what else? Uh, Ima Williams says that she needs some cubicle swag. So she's talking mug, calendar. 
she would even rock a V-neck. I don't see how that's uh, specific to the cubicle. Um, but well, it'd be like a cardigan you keep on the back. I don't know of your where chair. she works. And it's okay to wear a V-neck. <laughs> no, um, it'd be like a cardigan. And also like a like a prize pack, sticker bug, koozie, stick on mustache and soul patch. She'd be she'd be down for that. Um, see, see the dude. He would like to do Jesse's idea of the littlest gladiator action figure. Ah, another old school reference. Big time old school reference. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, Travis tweeted that <laughs> he thinks we need the tagline and we need this on mugs, stickers, and t-shirts. The relevant podcast, the worst thing we do. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. Uh, it'd be it'd be accurate and inspiring. Someone said trading cards or baseball cards with a stick of gum. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that Chad, you'd appreciate that. Yeah, that that's good. Wait, of what? Of us. of us. And we do stats. But you get like a like, stick of gum in it, like the old school baseball cards. So we would print up little cardboard trading cards of the f- four of us, five right. of us. Right. With, with a stick of gum. Well, we could probably gum. do ones of past people in the past and like their stats of when they were here and maybe their funniest quote. And I was thinking we should do it. It'd be a lot of work. We could, actually, like, we could immortalize the Hambone jersey and hang it from the rafters. Right. Right. <laughs> For the two titles he won us. Right. <laughs> uh, Jeanette has one. That this is a reference to the Oscars.biz. She would wear a t-shirt that, uh, that the only thing on the t-shirt is the picture of the water seeing squirrel and it says everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. <laughs> oh, oh, we got to make that shirt. We, it probably has to have the birth and death dates that we made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the, uh, Ni- 1985 to 1987. I think it's still up. If you go to Oscars.biz Biz, since we didn't, didn't actually go through with the sale because we misread the email. Um, <laughs> if you go, if you, we immortalized him with a big gilded gold frame uh, with that picture around that picture, uh, that would have to be on the shirt. But don't have any branding or anything, so no. it's just really bizarre when people see. Squirrel uh, shirt, writing it down right now. Squirrel shirt, yeah. gonna happen. You know, it would be great. <laughs> this may be way over the top, but if we had some kind of funny old timey sports picture with with some podcast references in it, we sent this photo or made it downloadable, and people would frame it and try to hang it in their local like TGI Fridays or Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a viral campaign where your mission is to get it, print off this picture, frame it, and hang it in your local uh, dining establishment that has a bunch of crap all over the walls. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great idea. The way you could put on the back of the little frame, you don't have to nail that thing. You could just put those wall stick things that 3M yeah. does now. Stick and go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you have it preloaded. You just walk in there, boom, and keep going. That thing's and on then, there. And then, yeah, then you take a picture with your phone or something and upload it to the Facebook page as proof. I like it. This is good stuff. Uh, if you want to see the suggestions and add your own, we will continue watching this for genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to last week's podcast episode page or our Facebook page or our Twitter feed. Relevant podcast. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, so earlier in the podcast, we, uh, you know, I told about the trauma of finding a pile of blue jay feathers in my grass and, and, you know, knowing what happened, mm-hmm. but trying to keep the innocence of my two-year-old son from having to have that sorrow and know that the world is a dark place. Anyway, we want to, and then, you know, we got to talk about turtles and we got to talk about Ronald, the, the raccoon. <laughs> raccoon that passed away next to a stream. We don't know. To... We don't know that he passed away. He He's might okay. Have, He's um, still living. Yeah. Guys. He might've jumped right back up after yeah. relaxing. Okay. 
That's what he tells us. He re- relaxed on the side of the street. <laughs> yeah. He just needed a nap, and then he got, was well rested and walked away. Anyway, we want to know your crazy animal stories. Um, whether it was a, a pet, whether it was a wild, a, a feral cat encounter, and you turned it into a helicopter. Whether it was, what, it was just whatever. We want to know your crazy animal stories. Go to the relevant podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post your replies there, or reply on our podcast page on Facebook or tweet us at Relevant Podcast. Hey, but before we wrap up, uh, real quick, actually, uh, you know how we recently, a couple weeks ago, got the Relevant Podcast Twitter handle? Well, somebody already had it, and Calvin reached out to these couple guys. They have a podcast. It's not called the Relevant Podcast. It's called the Relevant Nonsense Podcast. Right. Uh, they're in Oklahoma, a couple Justin guys. Justin and Bob. And, uh, and Calvin said, hey, you know, Relevant Nonsense is, is, is available. It'd be really cool if you let us, you know, have it. What do you think? And they were really cool guys. And they gave yeah. it to us. And uh, we're, we just wanted to say thank you to them. And uh, we really appreciate, you know, being able to have the Relevant Podcast Twitter handle. It was really cool. And they didn't have to do that. So just want to say thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to author and pastor Craig Rochelle for talking to us. You can check out his recent book, Soul Detox, Clean Living in a Contaminated World. It's available everywhere. You can check out his church at lifechurch.tv. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm the lovely Calvin Kearley. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jesse Carey. For Chad Michael Snavely, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. I'm not saying this is an extortion, but I'm just saying I would hate to see it come to that.